the bodies of six family members were found strategically hunted down in a Goodhart, Michigan home. The killer spared no one, even claiming the lives of their four children, aged 19, 16, 12, and 7. This video was recommended a few days ago by Kelly Foreman. She's been a subscriber to the channel for quite a while now and tipped me off to this case, so a big thank you to Kelly for bringing this case to my attention. This case has been covered extensively over the years, and there are dozens of resources out there that you can find online if you're really looking to just deep dive into this case. A Reddit user named Hufflepuff Prefect did an amazing write-up on this case, and I'll be referencing that quite a bit, so I'll leave a link to that below as well. In essence, the bodies of six family members were found strategically hunted down in a Goodhart, Michigan home. The killer spared no one, even claiming the lives of their four children, aged 19, 16, 12, and 7. For the majority of their lives, Dick and Shirley Robinson lived in a small cottage. Dick worked for an advertising and publishing company at the time, and the couple had about four children together, Richard, Gary, Randall, and Susan. For the most part, they seemed like a happy family, but they definitely had their problems. Dick's company wasn't doing very well for itself. Business had started to decline over the years, and a lot of unpaid bills had piled up, and bank accounts were beginning to be depleted. Overall, things just weren't looking great for him or the company. The company also had a pretty large turnover for employees, with Dick being known to assault many of the secretaries that worked for him. In total, six secretaries spoke out against Dick and said that he had asked them to lift their skirts so that he could touch their thighs. So by no means was he a great guy, but from the outside, the family seemed to be holding themselves together quite well. We don't really know how much Dick's wife knew about this at the time either. The family lived in Detroit, but they would often stay in their summer home in Michigan pretty much all the time. The summer house they owned was just called Somerset, and it was a log and stone cottage located down a twisty road just outside of town. By all means, this was a beautiful home, and the front door was only about 100 feet from Lake Michigan. The view couldn't really get any better than this. On July 22nd, 1968, though, complaints began to come in about bad smells that had been coming from the house, so a caretaker was sent to check on the house and the family. When he arrived, the front door was locked and no one was answering. For some reason, he decided to go in anyway. I guess he must have sensed that something was wrong, but we really don't know for sure. But he managed to pry the door open and get inside and immediately spotted the body of Shirley Robinson, lying on her stomach with a blanket covering her from the knees up. A 25 caliber gun had been used to take her life. The caretaker left the house and called police immediately. When police finally arrived, they found the bodies of the rest of the family all throughout the house. Dick was found lying on top of a heating vent. Randall was found lying on top of his father. The youngest Robinson, Susan, was found lying next to her brother and father and the two oldest children were both found in the north bedroom. Later on, police theorized that someone had shot through the cottage window with a rifle, taking out both Rick and his son. The others would have likely been chased down one by one, almost as if it were some sort of twisted game. The attacker closed the curtains, locked the doors, turned up the heat, and tried to cover all the bullet holes in the windows with a piece of cardboard. By all means, he didn't want to leave behind any evidence. Though he did a pretty bad job of this, and it seemed like he turned the heat up to speed up the decomposition process. It's pretty disgusting when you think about it, but I guess it's kind of effective because police still don't know who took the lives of this entire family. Only a single pair of bloody footprints were found at the scene, leading police to assume 
assumed that just one person took out everybody. According to neighbors who'd been nearby the house, no one had seen the family in about a month. It was assumed that they'd all been lying in the house undiscovered for at least 30 days. The last people to see the family alive were a local man and a teenager who'd been in the area trimming trees for the family. Neighbors also remembered hearing gunshots and screams around the same time. But neighbors say that they thought the shouts and the gunshots were from people that were shooting seagulls on the beach. Apparently seagulls were a pretty big nuisance for this neighborhood. Police quickly came up with their prime suspect, Joseph Scalaro III, an ex-military man who'd been employed at Robinson's advertising and publishing companies since 1965. Police first suspected Joseph when they noticed that his alibi and his statements continued to change every time they interviewed him. Upon further investigation, they realized that Joseph had been embezzling money from work and that he'd just bought two 25 caliber pistols and two assault rifles. The evidence was clear, but the case wouldn't be so cut and dry. In 1969, police searched a gun range owned by Joseph's father-in-law. There, they found assault rifle casings that exactly matched those found at the crime scene. It seemed that this would be the final bit of evidence they needed to convict Joseph, but three years passed and police never brought him into custody. It would be 1973 before police compiled enough evidence to put the case to rest, but they still never issued a warrant to bring Joseph in. He was expected to be charged with all six counts, but no one filed the paperwork to get the process started. In the end, Joseph took his own life a short while later, meaning police were never able to determine whether or not Joseph was responsible. The case would then sit cold for nearly 50 years. Throughout the final years of his life, Joseph maintained his innocence. He even wrote in his suicide note, quote, P.S. I had nothing to do with the Robinsons. I'm a cheat, but I'm not a murderer. To this day, no one has been charged with the murders and the case remains open, though police continue to insist that Joseph was the only man responsible. But how is it that a single lone gunman could take down an entire family in just a few minutes without ever being caught or overpowered by anyone? Also, if Dick found out about Joseph stealing money from the company, why would Joseph take out the entire family and not just Dick? There'd be no reason for this. While every member of the family was shot at least once, there's also a small detail that just Dick and Susan were found with blunt force trauma to the head. If they'd already been hit with a bullet, why would he go to such a great extent to make their deaths even more brutal than necessary? That just doesn't make sense, especially since Susan would have only been about seven years old at the time. The next questions that arise are likely the most concerning. If police knew that Joseph was responsible, why did they wait nearly four years before doing anything about it? They had the evidence. As I'm sure we can all agree, this evidence would have been more than enough to convict Joseph, so why did they wait around for so long and drag their feet? And finally, if Joseph was responsible, what did he stand to gain by proclaiming his innocence in his suicide note? His life was over, he was finished. What purpose would it serve for him to insist that he wasn't a murderer, knowing he would never have to face justice for the crime anyway? In the years since the crime, police have posted online time and time again, saying they want to dispel rumors about the case. They insist that Joseph was their guy, though the case remains open. Why? Do these guys just have a serious problem with filing paperwork, or is there more here than they're actually willing to admit? It's possible Joseph took out the entire family because he didn't know which of them may have knew about his embezzling scheme. He may have just wanted to make sure he got rid of not only the two main people that knew about it, but also any witnesses or eavesdroppers who may have overheard a thing or two. But regardless, the real crime here is why police never even tried to arrest him. If they knew that he did it, why is the case not closed? It's been literally 50 years. None of this really 
makes sense to me. But it's beginning to look like there's a lot more going on here than the Goodhart Police Department would want you to know. I'm still hopeful that this case will officially be solved and closed in the near future, but if the police department's track record is any indication, it'll probably remain open and cold for another half a century. But that's the video for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. Also, we've got a Tie Knots merch store over at tieknots.com. You can get t-shirts, phone cases, pillows, whatever you want, we've probably got it. But I've been Tie Knots. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video.